Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome everybody to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Another exciting episode awaits us as it's finally happened. The CP3 trade that honestly we've been talking about for a couple weeks now. I think that a lot of the Phoenix Suns fans have had an opportunity to really kind of mull over this information, analyze it from a lot of different points of view. So when yesterday morning happened, we were all kind of expecting it and already had kind of our takes on it, if you will. So it was a really fun experience going through the entire free agents or the, the trading process, the rumors, and then actually having something come to fruition. So it's official CP threes and PHX. The sun's jam sessions doing a special podcast dedicated to that, as well as uh, talking other trades that are occurring in the NBA and kind of how they affect Phoenix, as well as uh, talking about the Valley boys. So I'm, I'm excited as always to welcome my podcasting partner. And that is Matthew, Matthew, it is done CP three to PHX. HX, how are you feeling? Great. Dude, I, I feel fantastic, man. I honestly, sorry. First of all, sorry I'm not Flex. Flex will not be on this episode for once. So apologize for that, but I'm feeling good, dude. I feel, I felt a little weird yesterday because it finally happened. Yes. But then today, it's just like, now we're rolling with it. We're in the mud with them all. We're ready to go. And yeah. I'm pumped. This is our team. It's time to get a little dirty, man, because now yes. we got a draft and we got free agency. It's all going to happen this week, but we're not going to go down that avenue really too much. Uh, we're going to talk about CP3, the implications uh, for the Phoenix Suns, the other trades that are occurring. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. So, you know, thank you, everybody who is joining the Suns Jam Session podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube, Twitter or Facebook, or if you're listening on the bright side of the pod bright side of the sun podcast network <laughs> we appreciate it remember as always to subscribe to the podcast whether if you're watching on youtube hit the subscribe button hit the bell every time we go live you're gonna get a notification that's what you want because you want to stay ding dong the witch is dead witch old witch the wicked witch uh <laughs> um you can follow us at sun jam on i don't know why i know, I know that that came to me man uh, just, that's what you think of i mean everyone knows that song it's a beautiful song beyonce saying that right no i think it's wizard of oz 1939 wizard of oz. never mind yes. sorry yes <laughs> but again please remember to subscribe to the pod at sun's jam on twitter's where you can follow us on and instagram as well if you're listening on the bright side of the sun podcast network hit subscribe and do us a favor and rate and review as well we appreciate it you can listen to us you can listen to fanning the flames great place to get all that fun sun sun's sans fans oh can't say that anymore sans sans content that's where you're going to get it all so i think before we talk sons i gotta have a drink but check this out matthew we just got the biggest trade since what charles barkley yes steve nash was a free agent so that doesn't count Yes, does not count i'm not drinking a beer tonight man i'm drinking a moscow mule oh nice kettle one vodka moscow mule Oh, I put a lot of vodka in that. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk Suns, man. Lerp. So it is official, man. It is official. CP3, uh, 11.08 yesterday, a.m. local time, is when that news broke that CP3 would be coming to Phoenix. Yes. Where were you when this news dropped? Were you well, working? Was yeah, and I was what, working, of course. And what were you doing while you were working? On my phone. I think Monday was a blur. Basically, it's me on my phone on Twitter all day long. I got nothing done. Uh, I can say that because I don't feel like a lot of people from work watch this pod, which is fine. You better hope. Um, I better hope or else I might not have a job tomorrow. But basically, dude, I was on my phone all day. I knew it was going to happen. So it's a weird feeling, right? 
this is the one time I feel like in the NBA history where you're hearing these rumors, everything's being confirmed, but then it actually happened. A lot of times that never happens. You're waiting True. for something else to come in. It's kind of like Harden going to the Nets, and all of a sudden today we hear that the Celtics might be of interest and they might take them away. So things like that always happen in the NBA. But when it happened, dude, I was at work, very, very happy. How were you feeling? Well, I was ecstatic. It was the same thing. Like woke up in the morning, put on my Woj notifications, put on my Shams, Sharania notifications. I'm like, if anything happens, I want to know. So of course, what's happening? I had the day off. I'm doing some yard work in the backyard. It's a beautiful day in Phoenix. I'm finishing up, putting a brick border in my backyard. And I'm literally like lifting bricks. I'm listening to a podcast. And all of a sudden I hear like, bling, 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 bling. I was like, oh shit. (laughs) You know, like I got to put this brick down. I take a look down. I was like, oh shit, it's happening. So I go, I sit down. uh, I get a, I get a, I think I was a Slack notification from Dave King's like, all right, somebody, you know, I'm in a meeting. We got to get this information out onto Brightside. So it was just yeah. kind of this, this fun whirlwind. And, and to your point, you know, it was exciting because it actually came to fruition. We've known about it for a couple of weeks and it's nice to actually see the whole process actually come and, and garner the result that we were expecting because it wasn't a shock. It's not like, like when TJ Warren went for cash considerations, we knew that TJ might not be around much longer but that was just kind of like a, a, a shock, a slap in the face. And you have that knee jerk reaction of like, man, fuck this. Like cash considerations. What do you mean? Like we didn't realize in the it's, moment it took a little bit longer to really understand that this was a good thing because it allowed us to get Ricky Rubio and things of that nature. Yeah. It's like this season happened for this season to happen. It's all part of the process. And really when I, when I realized that it, it's all the business and James Jones, he has this in his vision, good name for a pod. Love that. <laughs> When I realized is when we sat courtside, not to name drop courtside, that one game, we were walking back. I think it was like second quarter, maybe third quarter. And James Jones was walking back there with some other guys. They were just talking, but he was walking back to the back offices. I'm like, see, this is like part of that. It's just always a business, always talking, always getting things ready for the next year. Like he's not sitting there watching the games really. Maybe he'll watch tape, of course, but they just always have things planned out. I, I, I couldn't imagine how far back... Chris Paul, Devin Booker, James Jones, Monty Williams knew this trade was going to happen. Like it wouldn't be surprising if it was three or four months ago or even last season or else, like you said, maybe in the bubble. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a point I made while the bubble was occurring was much akin to like the Olympics. When when the Team USA gets together, that's where guys get to know each other. They're around each other a lot. It's nothing but ball because they're in these foreign environments. So they're just having a good time playing basketball together and truly understanding how their personalities mesh. And they're also, you know, Olympians. They're all-stars. Yes. So when they're when they're put into these environments, they have an opportunity to kind of start these super teams, if you will. I mean, look at the Miami Heat. That's that's where LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch, you know, initially came up with the plan to to go to South Beach. And, you know, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. That's where all, that all came from. So when the bubble occurred, that's one of the questions I had for you. I was just like, hey, do you think that, you know, there's going to be some trades that come out of this because these guys are just going to be around each other. And I guarantee you that these conversations started in the bubble. I don't have any sources. I don't have any sauces or anything. But at yeah. the same time, like I truly believe that having Devin Booker out there grinding, having Chris Paul just around, he's probably watching the games. He has a relationship with Monty, so that's a conduit to Devin Booker. And I think that those conversations have come to fruition, and now CP3 is coming to the Valley of the Sun because of it. Yeah, and OKC is doing such a great job of turning these guys around for picks. And kudos to you for that bubble thing, because I really denied. I'm like, these guys know each other. They know who's good, who's great, who they want to play with. But every other word Chris Paul really spoke was basically Monty Williams, the Suns. Like he seriously, there's interviews of him just talking about the Suns and Monty Williams, Monty Williams. And I I think that just had something to do with the bubble. You're right, the 8-0, a lot of people thought maybe it was a mirage, but he saw what Devin Booker could do, what the Suns could do with the team they had at hand. And if he's like, if I can go there and then bring some guys with me, this team's automatically a third, second, or maybe even a first seed, depending on the season, because a lot of these teams that are good, that are great, do like to rest. They don't care about the season, but the Suns care so much about the season upcoming. Mm-hmm. And again, having Monty Williams there is just the, the the true linchpin. You know, and I was having this conversation. It, it's funny how the casual fan, I'm talking super casual fan in the office today, because obviously being off work yesterday, coming into work today, everybody around the office is asking my opinion on the trade because they know I'm a big Suns fan. And, you know, yeah. 
that's the impact of this trade. Even the casual fan in Phoenix is like, so what do you think of, you know, CP3? And and they all have kind of those knee-jerk reactions to the trade. They're like, well, isn't he old and injury-bound, you know, or injury-prone? I'm like, yeah, you know, those are those are a couple things and aspects of this trade. But if you want to sit down for five minutes, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. And actually, as I'm walking <laughs> out the door, I, I was talking to one of my uh, coworkers and – you know, we're walking both to our cars and he's asking me about it. And I gave yeah. a full spiel. I'm like, dude, you just got a free uh, preview of tonight's podcast. Cause that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about <laughs> is how I feel about this trade. And, and I'm going to yeah. kick, kick it to you, Matthew, you know, we'll, we'll go over the trade real quick. Just so okay. everybody, if, if you've been living under a rock and you have no idea what occurred, this is what happened. Okay. The Suns received Chris Paul and Abel Nader which I think is really cool because he's got a nickname of the Tornator. And then the Thunder received Ricky Rubio, <laughs> Kelly Oubre, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and a conditional 2022 first-round pick. Now, the key to that conditional 2022 first-round pick is it's protected 1-12 to in 2022, 1-10 in 2023, and 1-8 to in 2024. And then 2025 is when it actually becomes unprotected so as you take a look at the just kind of the schematics of the players going one way to another how do you think james jones fared in this trade and honestly how do you think sam presti fared in this trade i think both teams really got what they wanted but james jones killed it and what's so great is you watch espn i don't watch espn but i see like little youtube vids of them but the talk the talk shows every podcast you listen to the suns killed it they won the trade but also too okay see i mean what are they really gonna get from chris paul they actually got the pick, but they got Kelly Oubre too, who they can maybe keep on the team to keep things interesting. But that's what OKC does is they keep things interesting year to year when they're turning these players over for picks and like regular mediocre players. But honestly, James Jones keeping Cam Johnson, keeping this year's pick is huge because just, just when you think like Chris Paul's coming and he's probably going to bring another player from what everyone's talking about that has sources – and then you get the pick too. Even if you trade back, it's a great draft to trade back to and back in. So he killed it, man. I mean, what do you think? I know you you know that we we got a good pick, and I feel like everybody that I've heard from thought that the Suns they're very happy for the Suns because they actually maybe won this trade, but at least they broke even for once. Well, the the casual fan again thinks that the Suns didn't do a good job because. They casually, I had somebody text me and, and, and they're like, well, I don't think it was a good trade. I'm like, why? They're like, well, we gave up four players in a pick and we got two back. One of them being Chris Paul, who's a little bit older. I'm like, oh, you're one of those guys who like when fantasy football's going on, you think if I or <laughs> if I give you like four guys for Patrick Mahomes, that it's a good deal. Like, no, that's not how it works. I'm like, one guy's a G leaguer. One guy's an end of the bench point guard who great, only played in 31 games in Ty Jerome, but is yes. somebody, but is somebody who you know is a project and and wasn't really working out with the team, especially considering we got Cam campaign in here and Javon Carter's playing well. Uh, I don't know how Elia Kobo is still on the team, but he is. Um, and then of course you give up Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre in an effort to to make the 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 math work. And we, yeah. we'll talk about those guys a little bit later. But then you look at kind of what's coming back to the Suns, and you get a player who is, yes, he's 35, but he is an all-star. He's an all-defensive uh, team player. He's an all-NBA player. He's the he's the president of the NBA PA. He's, a, he's somebody who's vocal. And, and my favorite part about this, and I've said this for quite some time on this podcast and even beyond before we had this podcast, which is just over a year old, by the way, Devin Booker, although he's the highest – played paid player on the Suns isn't necessarily the leader of the Suns just because you're the highest paid guy doesn't mean you're the leader it means you're the best you have the highest talent you're worth the most to the team and Devin Booker with this young Phoenix Suns team has had to assume the role of the leader and it's not necessarily something he's good at he hasn't had an opportunity to truly learn from any good veterans in his career how to be truly lead a team with Devin or with Chris Paul and standing next to him on the court now that guy is the leader. He's the vocal leader. He's the guy who's got the ball in his hand. Devin Booker is going to cook next year, bro. He yeah. is going to be a fantastic talent. He's going to be, you know, I think Flex was saying on the Solar Panel podcast that, hey, this guy's going to get M MVP votes next year because he's going to be scoring at such a high clip. DeAndre Ayton is the linchpin of all this because he's going to benefit from the pick and rolls, from the entry passes, from everything that CP3 does well. And, and, and again, you look at the fourth quarter, you have CP3 can now take the ball into his hand and really has a history of doing well in those high-pressure uh, situations because he's been in a ton of them. I mean, the, yes. the, the benefits totally outweigh the cons in this situation. 
Going back to the original question, how do I think James Jones and Sam Presti fared? I think James Jones did a great job. He didn't have to give up Cam Johnson. He didn't have to give up the 10th pick. More importantly, he didn't have to give up the pick next year. Next year's supposed to be a loaded draft. Now, granted, if the Suns do what they're supposed to do, we're going to end up with you know the 20th pick in the draft, the 18th pick in the draft. Hell, I'd really like that 30th pick in the draft. You know, Let's go win a championship. But in theory, that, that, draft, that draft asset shouldn't matter. But if it does, it is a very vital draft asset because of a loaded draft. Moving after that, we shouldn't need those picks. Now, the disadvantage, obviously, is the fact that we're not going to have the ability to truly trade that pick. Because it's a protected pick, we can't truly trade it. You know, it, it's like, okay, it's protected. It's in, it's in the first, you know, the, the Suns are 1 through 12 in 2022. We got the eighth pick. You can't trade it because we're going to use that pick and it, it still has to exist for next year for the Oklahoma City Thunder exactly. to eventually use it. So I think that Sam Presti did a great job also. I mean, you got Kelly Oubre, who is somebody who's expendable. He'll turn him for assets, knowing him. Uh, Ricky Rubio, who is a damn fine point guard, serviceable point guard, great guy, you know, uh, calm as they go. And what's interesting, and this is a conversation that I was having with uh, my general manager, who's actually from Oklahoma, what is Sam Presti going to do with all these picks, man? He has got more picks than God. Like, at some point... He's going to have to use all these picks to get somebody, right? Well, in OKC, it's different because you have to build from the picks, I think. But honestly, F picks. I'm done with picks. I'm glad Amen. they're out the door. I don't even care anymore. It's about this year. And to go back with Booker of how exciting he, he's going to be this year because he's not a leader because – or he's, he's a leader, but I feel like you say he's not a good leader because he's been losing for so long. So it's hard to like be a leader – and try to teach the game to these young guys or even guys that are older than him and try to win when you just haven't even made the playoff set and you have that in the back of your mind the whole time. But I think he's just he's tired of losing. But Booker's process, and this is kind of overlooked to where he's played with so many guys that haven't been that great in the NBA. And I feel like it's always been kind of just a hidden gem for him to where he's been able to learn the game more and be the playmaker he is today. I don't know if you agree on that, but I think him and Paul together being the playmakers that they are. I mean, those are guys that are going to be fear in the fourth quarter. And you really just have to worry about this year contracts to me, just like picks go out the door. I don't care how much money they're spending this year. Of course they do, but if, as long as they're not hitting the cap limit, that's fine. But you just have to focus on this year coming up, what you can do, because look at again, the Celtics, they got Kemba Walker. Everyone loved Kemba Walker, but now it's like, Oh, James Harden might be coming in, but I'm not saying Kemba Walker's going to be traded, but no one cares about Campbell Walker anymore. It's just that's the way it is. That's the way it was with Rubio. Everyone loved Rubio, but now it's just you get the greater and the better, and this that's what we have to work with this next year. It's just one year at a time. It's not one game at a time. It's just focus on the next year, and that's what James Jones has been doing a year previously to where he can just really expand this and plan this out, and he's done such a fantastic job. Well, and the key to the NBA right now is the fact that it's a flavor of the month league. And to your point, James Jones has done a fantastic job of setting himself up for the next season properly, continuing to set himself up. And I think that this move does that because it puts us in a position to win games. You know, you're somebody who was a, a big fan of CP3 coming to this when, when rumors yes. started quite some time ago. You know, the rumors became a lot more solidified in the past before two the, weeks. Before the rumors. Yeah, I actually, but, we talked about it a lot. So Yeah, and, I, you know, I, I was against it <laughs> because, I you know, for the same reason a lot of people are. On the surface, it's too much money and he's old. Mm -hmm. You know, and but, but, you know, kudos to you and kind of the way that you viewed this trade is you saw it for more than it was. And you said, hey, if this improves the Suns by 10 wins, that puts us in the playoffs easy, man. Now you take into account the fact that DeAndre Ayton, you know, if he doesn't test positive yeah. for PEDs again, is going to have a full season with yeah. Chris Paul. I mean, that could improve the Suns wins by 15 going into next year. We could be close to a 48 to 50 win team. Given it's a 72-game season, that puts us at, you know, let's say 44-win team. If we become a 44-win team on a 72-game season, that is a clear win, and you did what you wanted to do. Make the fucking playoffs. Mission accomplished. Yeah, exactly, dude. And honestly, when you're listening to podcasts, because the Suns aren't done yet. They're adding somebody else, some more players. You even hear about P.J. Tucker, which is a player that can instantly give you maybe five more wins. I'm not lying, dude. A lot of podcasts you listen to, they're like, this can be a team that's a fourth, fifth seed. But it's like a hesitancy to say, like, maybe they have a chance for Western Conference. Of course, maybe not the finals, but you never know, man. You don't. Booker is going to ball out. Booker is going to be, like Flex said on the on previous pods, 
he's going to be an MVP candidate. So if you're an MVP candidate, you're getting your team trying to get your team to the finals. That's what I think. Well, look at it. Okay. So Houston is a dumpster fire right now. Okay. That's me. And we're going to go over some of the trades that have gone on in the NBA, but you look at some of these trades and they got rid of Robert Covington. It's the first kind of domino to fall in the new Rockets management team trying to rebuild that. Obviously the hardened rumors are going crazy right now. It's Boston. It's Brooklyn. It's Hey, as long as it's in the East, I don't give a shit. Okay. Then you look at uh, the fact that OKC is not going to make the playoffs next year. They're a team that is clearly in rebuild mode. They just got rid of Dennis Schroeder. CP three came to Phoenix. So there's two slots right there that we could potentially take. You look at the Memphis Grizzlies and you know, you wonder if they're going to make that next step. You're going to look at the San Antonio Spurs, you know, a team that was on the outside looking in last year. Are they going to progress or digress? You know, the West is tough, but if a couple teams start to falter, the Suns are on the upswing, not on the downswing now. And I think that's an important thing to understand. This yes. trade, knowing that we have a draft pick tomorrow and free agency hits on Friday, puts us in a situation to take advantage of that upswing. Yes, definitely. Correct. So question, <laughs> who do you think has the most pressure now going into the next season? Is it DeAndre Ayton or is it Devin Booker, man? Uh, honestly, I feel like it's both. Um, Booker finally has his guy, so you can't really... He's never complained, but the thing is just the talent around him. Last year, of course, we saw better teammates. This year, he has all-star teammates, maybe another all-star teammate that might join the team. So the pressure for him is a little different because it's just like you have to produce, which he will, uh, no doubt. But if he doesn't, then that sucks. That's a lot of pressure on him to keep up his production consistently throughout the year. And But DeAndre Ayton... I feel like he, on the court and off the court, is going to learn so much this year. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure for him to improve, but he's going to glide along. I think he's, of course, you're going to be seeing some, maybe some yelling, some some of the players yelling at him like usual, but that's just normal. I mean, he's a young guy. He's kind of newer to the game. He hasn't been playing since such a young age, so he has a lot to learn. But he's going to learn a lot about basketball and life, I feel like, this coming up year, which is going to be great. So I'm very, very happy for both of them. Yeah, I think it's DeAndre Ayton, man. You know, truthfully, I think that he is going to be, he's going to have to be the guy who takes that next step and says, hey, we're going to make it, you know, I'm putting this team on my back offensively and I'm going to be the one who really takes that next step because Booker's already there. Chris Paul's just going to kind of take him over that hump and allow him to, you know, play his game more because truthfully, you know, Chris Paul and his, you know, best in class defense, even if he's lost half a step, is still better than what Ricky Rubio offered. And what that's going to do is that's going to allow Devin Booker to open up more on offense. He doesn't have to spend as much time focusing on defense as little as he did, but he did improve last year, and he can focus more on offense. DeAndre Ayton's going to be the guy who really is going to need to improve because Chris Paul is going to get him the ball. He's got to be able to catch it and not do that, you know, catch the ball, bring it down, go yeah. back up. You know I mean? Because when he starts mm -hmm. to do that shit, it gets hit, it gets blocked, and then he, you know, he, he bricks it off the side. Chris Paul is going to put him in a position to be successful. DeAndre Ayton is going to have to take that and, and run with it next year. I think he's going to have more pressure on him. It's going to be a hell of a year for him, man. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Now, obviously, the other side of this that's kind of unfortunate is the fact that, you know, the Valley Boys are gone, man. I mean, Kelly Oubre has gone. Ricky Rubio gone. Ty Jerome. Jalen LeCue. Is... Is this the is this the death of the Valley Boys moniker? Is hashtag Valley Boys like no longer allowed to be used? In, you know, on Suns Twitter. Yeah, fellas. <laughs> what up, fellas? It's yeah, it's, the, it's fellas time. Yeah, we were talking about before the pod. Like, how many times did you watch that? How pumped were you? It's just Dude, like let's watch it again. What, you hate? what up, fellas? <laughs> For I those of you it. who are who are listening, not watching. Uh, the Suns uh, toured their new workout facility, and as uh, you know, as Dem Booker and Javon Carter walking in, there's like fellas, and I love it, man. I think it's great. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't. It, now, I'm not saying that the New Jersey today like fellas. It, we are the Valley. Yeah. We need to stick with that. You know, but uh, I thought that was great. But still, I didn't want to go down that. I, I should. I jumped the gun on that. You yeah. know, we we need to have our moment <laughs> of mourning for both Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome. Yeah. You know, I, I was I was a fan of Ty Jerome when we yeah. drafted him. I thought it was a good pick. Mm -hmm. uh, he really didn't pan pick. out in 31 games. I know that I'm, he didn't have a chance. I, so. Was that that Grizzlies game we were at where we we're just like, this guy's fucking lost? I don't know. I feel like every Grizzlies game we go to, there's always a bunch of lost guys out there for the Suns. So, yeah, <laughs> for some true. reason. But uh, tell me, tell me your thoughts. You know, you wrote a great article for 
bright side of the sun today, kind of bidding adieu to both Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio. Tell me kind of what your thoughts are on those guys as we have to say goodbye to them. Um, it does suck, but it shows you the way this is the way the NBA is. Um, we have to deal with it. But what they brought in one year was really fantastic. They really turned the franchise around, hit them and James Jones. Um, obviously, it just wasn't enough. Um, and Ricky Rubio is a great it's a good point guard, but he's not great. He's not Chris Paul. That's the reason we got Chris Paul. And I think EJ said it. It's like, there's no, you don't have to be disappointing yourself, Rubio. Like you seriously did as much as you can. You're going to be a good point guard on some other team, but this is the stepping stone. The sun's needed. Uh, Kelly Oubre. I feel really bad. The whole Valley boys thing, but he, he might be a journeyman. He might be the guy that goes from team to team and you know, it might suck, but he, he's a good player. He's a good player. That's going to help a team in the future and it's just not now the only reason we just we just don't have time right now we don't and the what, what you want to do is help booker you know satisfy him and that's what we're doing with this trade but both kelly and ricky they really turn around this franchise i think don't you yeah i mean they put us in a position in the bubble to be successful not kelly because he didn't play but i mean they built they you know kelly helped build this culture i remember when kelly was traded for trevor ariza and we didn't even really care too much about Kelly Oubre. We were more concerned and pissed off that Austin Rivers was a douchebag because he was a guy who who (laughs) was part of that trade. And we're like, yeah, remember? I mean, we were just (laughs) like, hold on. He says he's too good to play for Phoenix. I only only play on playoff teams. Like, how many championships does he have now? How many championships does that guy have? Yeah, he's he's chilling at zero. Now he's on the dumpster fire rocket. So good luck, buddy. Have fun, man. Yeah. And But then Kelly Oubre came to town, and all of a sudden there was this guy with some swag who was out there who could throw down dunks. I was like, okay, you know, and whenever we get new players, the first thing I do is I go and I visit their fans' Reddit page because that's where you get the people who write, like, fucking dossiers on people. I mean, they go in-depth. that you, you truly know who a player is by going to the fans' Reddit page, and a lot of the guys in Washington really liked him. The problem was they felt that their team had a cancerous locker room, and it just didn't mesh well with Kelly because yeah. he was a little too upbeat. You know, he's a guy who's 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 flashy, who likes to have a good time. He's blowing kisses to the crowd. And meanwhile, the rest of the locker room is kind of pouting because of the situation they're in and just didn't really mesh well with their culture. We welcomed him to Phoenix. He brought the swag. He brought the culture. He brought the Valley Boys at the back end of last season. And all of a sudden, we had an identity. And for the first time since seven seconds or less, we had that. We had an identity. And we can't thank Kelly Oubre enough for that. Is, is it a sad day to see Kelly go? Absolutely. It is. You know, I saw some people post on Twitter that yeah, they were like, they're like wearing their jerseys and crying. Like, I'm not going to go that far. I won't miss him that much. I didn't know him personally. But I, I'll tell you this too. As Kelly departs, once that ball tips off in the 2020-2021 season, you will instantly forget Kelly, Kelly Oubre. And that's the truth. Yeah. He was a great player off the court. He was fun to watch on the court. But he wasn't the greatest player on the court. He's one of those guys who would get lost for a long time. Now, he hit some clutch threes. There's no doubt about it. It's clutch as guy in Sun's history. He hit like four huge threes for the Suns this past year. So he didn't always disappear, but there were times where, you know, he was the guy who on the team would just kind of get lost for a while. He's the guy who get lost on defense. He's got to take too many chances on, on defense and would result in busted plays. You know, he wanted to make the quick flashy steal. So he'd go down and do the dunk. So, you know, he will be missed in that aspect. Uh, As for Ricky Rubio, I mean, that one is more of a kick in the nuts for me than giving up Kelly. But knowing that you have CP3 coming in really throws a Band-Aid on that kick in the nuts. So I got Band-Aids on my nuts. That's uh, the moral of that story. I just licked you know, my lips when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> Those watching on YouTube are like, ew, you are gross. Sorry, Shannon. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you look at you look at Ricky and what he brought, and it was stability as well. Stability of that point guard position that we haven't had yep. since Nash. You know, we took a shot at it with Bledsoe, and then we fucked that up. You know, Drag- Dragic did it for a while, you know, pa- post uh, Steve Nash. But we never truly had somebody who was just steady Eddie. And I think that's the thing I appreciated the most about Ricky Rubio was the fact that he was steady Eddie. Those situations in which Devin Booker would get fired up and was ready to go with the refs because he wasn't getting the calls, there was Ricky Rubio. Hey man, settle down, man. And he was yeah. he'd take everybody down. He was nice and calm. So Papa Ricky, I bid you adieu. You know, seeing his tweet yesterday was, you know, that's the one that I was just like, oh man, that kind of sucks. You know, I hated si- that. side note to that, with Chris Paul coming, he's gonna be the guy who's gonna be chirping at the rest. Booker don't need to chirp at the rest. And guess what? DA is gonna get the benefit of that too. Because if DA's get getting calls. pounded, CP3 is gonna let the rest know that he's getting pounded. Yeah, those calls that uh, Suns fans hate when James Harden and Chris Paul get, we're going to get them now, and that's that's awesome. It's kind of in the back of people's minds. is like you forget that we're going to get that. But honestly, I was upset by one thing. That commercial, the, 
<laughs> the head and shoulders commercial. I couldn't. I was gonna be <laughs> you and the head and shoulders commercial, man. I, if you did not see it yet, I think it's gone. You cannot find it anywhere. Maybe it was a dream I had, but it's gone, dude. But yeah, rest in peace. And these guys, this is like it's it's strange to have two dudes leave the Suns, two awesome players, yeah, that are actually awesome that we're gonna miss. And it was actually kind of heartbreaking that they're leaving, but for the better. But this hasn't happened in a while, and I feel like they're gonna go to a place to contribute. Um, and they understand, but that tweet from Ricky kind of just messed me up a little bit. Just like, uh, why did you have to tweet that, man? Like, you know, just going it's true though, man. It business. sucks, and I feel bad for him. You know, but this is a business, and you know, again, if you take emotions out of it, if you take fandom out of it, which is tough for us because, especially this this year, more than others, we've been so attached to this team because this is we've had this team for a year and a half. You know, it feels yeah. like. You know, free agency, the draft, all those things last year. The season just ended, you know, a month and a half ago, and we just now lost them in, you know, November. So it's a team that we've really grown attached to, and we've defended in a million ways, shapes, and form. Uh, we've had the great Kelly debate, and what should we do? At the end of the day, James Jones did the right thing, man. Like, Kelly Oubre is a flight risk. He's somebody who you don't know if he's going to be here at the end of next season. So why not use him as a piece to get CP3 in here? It's like it's it just makes a little too much sense to, for me. So, yeah. again, I bid adieu to those guys. Uh it is now, though, you know, now that those guys are gone, it's. What up, fellas? What up, fellas? How, did, how did Booker get his voice so deep? Like, if you watch all interviews, like when he, well, I know he grew up, but when he was like 19 or 20, like it was not that deep, dude. He's just <laughs> the calmest mother effer out there just doing whatever the hell he wants. Dude, you start banging yeah. Janet. Instantly drop like six octaves. <laughs> no, you got to drop it before you can do that. <laughs> like, what if I went to the Jenner's house, the Kardashians? Like, hey, what's up? Like, they'd be like, no, no. They're like, it's you are, too, you do not have a low enough octave. You're not, no. you, you don't sound like a manly man. No, I'm missing out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's time now. We now talk about thoughts. Um, brains. It's our thoughts time because this is generally the part of the show where we take a look outside of the Suns organization and just talk about what's going on in the NBA. And, you know, if it pertains, if it has that butterfly effect where it does talk or affect the Phoenix Suns, it's definitely something we're going to reference as well. And I think the first place that I really want to start is obviously there's a bunch of different trades that are going on right now. And I think the biggest ones that are going on are, are the Bucks, man. Look at what the Bucks did here. So let's let, let's talk about some trades. We'll talk about some of the assets, and I want to hear what kind of your thoughts are on them. Uh, the first one is the Bucks trade to receive Drew Holiday and a second round pick this draft, which is the number sixty overall. And the Pelicans receive Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, the first round pick this year from the Bucks, which is the twenty fourth pick, a twenty twenty four first round swap, a twenty twenty five unprotected pick, and then you have a twenty twenty six first round swap and a 2027 first round unprotected so five picks eric bledsoe george hill to the pelicans and the bucks and Giannis received drew holiday and a second round pick this draft matthew what are your initial thoughts on this transaction another guy that didn't want to play for phoenix is now being hustled around basically um it's too Take bad for eric bledsoe. bledsoe yeah but too bad for the guy but honestly any any other point guard you would probably sign to the Bucks is an upgrade. Like we were talking about with um, Kelly Oubre just being a flight risk. I feel like this guy too is the same way, but on the court. I mean, he just wouldn't help your team at all, especially in the playoffs. You get Drew Holiday. He's a step up on defense, offense, everything on the in the game. But it kind of makes me sad a little bit. Does this, doesn't this feel like kind of like the next trade's good for the Bucks that they did pass through? But this trade kind of reminded me like of a LeBron James trade, trying to get like the veterans in there just to kind of help out. I don't, I've never been the biggest Drew Holiday fan. I think Drew Holiday did a great job on the Pelicans with Anthony, Anthony Davis in that one playoff run. But besides that, I've never been the biggest fan of his, and I've always been pretty happy that the Suns kind of kept away from him. Um, I, I would rather have like a Ricky Rubio than a Drew Holiday. That might be crazy, but I would. But even like a Goran Dragic over Bledsoe is perfect. So the Bucks right here, it's a start. But it's kind of sad because they're trying to hold that Giannis guy down and well, they're doing the, the best they can. They're doing the best they can and they have to give up a lot for it. And I don't blame them. If you're going to keep Giannis and give up picks, future picks, even if they're first round picks, even if the first, if even if it's a first pick of next year's draft or the draft after, you do it because you yeah. have to make a yeah. run to keep Giannis here or in Milwaukee. Well, and that's that's the whole goal is they're leveraging their future 
in an effort to keep Giannis. And I think what's interesting about this trade is one, you know, you mentioned Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is a coveted prize throughout the NBA. I know Denver was interested in him as well. And I think that he's somebody who rightfully so has earned a lot of respect. I mean, he's kind of the guy that everybody talks about. It's like, you know, who's underrated? Drew Holiday. You know, that's the one guy who everybody yeah, kind of looks at as, a, as, a, as, as an underrated player because of what he can do on both ends of the floor. Here's what I find interesting for the Pelicans. One, the Pelicans received a ransom to get Anthony Davis, right? So they're kind of like OKC Jr. because they just got five more picks that they can play with. Play with. And think about Eric Bledsoe, okay? Eric Bledsoe had Giannis, and now he's got Zion to play with. Like, good on Eric Bledsoe. There. Yeah, if he stays there, you know, but I mean, because they do have Lonzo Ball still there. But it's interesting to see that that's where how the Bucks navigated that contract to get him out of there in an effort to get Drew Holiday because it wasn't going to work or be successful with Eric Bledsoe playing alongside with Giannis. I mean, they definitely, the Bucks that is, up their game. You know, not only are they doing an effort to keep Giannis there, but they're really doing a good job of of taking care of those those deficiencies that they had that cost them a chance at a championship this past year. And I think Drew Holiday is a solid addition. Do you think that they gave up too much? No, because we just brought that up. You have to give up a lot to keep Giannis, and it's gonna it's a it's a thin a, thread. A twenty twenty seven first round unprotected, yeah. unprotected. A twenty twenty six. I mean, it's like essentially what they're doing is they're giving up Bledsoe, George Hill, and a pick this year, and then yeah. picks four, five, six, seven years down the line. But you're talking about you want Giannis on the team for a lifetime, for 10 more years. So that pick shouldn't matter. That's just like, that's their goal. It's just like James Jones' goal. You know, let's focus on this one year. But what the Bucs are trying to do is keep it together for 10 more years, have Giannis come back, make him happy. Cause I feel like he might be like the last guy in the NBA where he's going to stay in a small market if they're winning. Cause he truly wants to win. No other guy oh, yeah. besides, I mean, a lot of guys want to win Devin Booker, of course, but this guy, he expresses it more than anybody that he will want to win. And if they're not winning and they added two guys, we'll talk about the next guy that yep. is fantastic. Ad. This is going to help them win and it's going to help them in the playoffs. I'm not, I'm not kidding. When I say you got rid of Eric, Bledsoe, that's going to help you a lot in the playoffs. Cause he was a mess. Every playoffs, he was not able to help that team at all. Maybe the stats lied to you, but honestly, when watching those games, yeah, I would not want to rely on that guy. Not just because of what he did to Phoenix and wanted to leave. But seriously, even when the last year in Phoenix, I was kind of like, I don't like this. I was for Bledsoe, but I don't like what I'm seeing on the court. His body language, all of that is going to be gone. So you got better teammates for Giannis, which is yep. all you want. Now let's look at the other side of this for the, for the Pellies. You know, that's a Western Conference team. Do you feel like yeah. they got better or worse with this trade? Because this is a team that it was on is on you know the Suns are fighting to try to get over in an effort to make the playoffs you know yes. and what's interesting this year by the way is the fact that they're going to have like the ten versus nine and the eight versus the seven I forget exactly how the playoff format is but they're going to oh, be doing seven, like seven eleven I think it's seven through eleven right or yeah, seven through so. ten Sorry. they're doing playoffs and you know it'd be nice if we got the six seed fifth seed fourth seed number one seed as Justin likes to say yes. and not have to fuck with any of this shit but that aside do you think that this benefited the Pellies enough to where they are a better team because of it? Um, you know, it's tough because it seems like they're still re uh rebuilding team in yeah. a way. Lonzo Ball, you don't really know what is there besides Zion. Zion's gonna be there, of course. Brandon besides Ingram. That, Ingram, yeah, but even then it's like I don't know if you can play them together, which is crazy. You can't I don't know if you can play Ingram and Zion together. This team has a lot to figure out. I mean, they got a lot of picks now to help them out, which is great. Uh, they'll probably get rid of Eric Bledsoe, but besides that, they got a lot of figuring out to do, but they have to have a plan. But I'm still a big Pelicans fan because I love Zion. But honestly, if they're my, probably going to get rid of more than 75% of that roster, I would say. Yeah. And uh, Steve Holler in chat, no, they got worse, you know, or New Orleans got worse. So I kind of, I agree, you know, they're, 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 they're a team that's on the bubble out there and there's still a lot more that needs to occur, especially yeah. with the Brandon Ingram situation. So we'll see how that kind of goes. Uh, the other trade that the Bucks made was with the Sacramento Kings. So obviously we're going to talk about this one because that's a team that is, you know, in our division. Uh, it's not just in our conference, but in our division. So yeah. the, the Bucks received from the Kings, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Justin James. The Kings received Dante DiVincenzo, former teammate of Mikel Bridges at Villanova and two-time national champion, Ursan uh, mm -hmm. Ilyasova and DJ Wilson. Uh, what are your thoughts on this trade, Matthew? Who Obviously, the Bucks win this trade. 
Yes, that, definitely. I mean, I mean, they got that coveted name of Bogdan Bogdanovich that a lot of teams were hoping to try to make a shot at in the trade market. So the Bucks landed him. Yeah. They they added shooting there. Tell me what what else you think. Well, I mean, he's he's definitely a feared man, right? I mean, the two games I've seen him play, I feel like he's never really played for the for the Sacramento Kings. He's played very very fantastic games. He's a guy you fear with the ball in his hands. You really do, man. He's he's like a Steph or Clay in the way to where he's going to drill a game winning shot. And he honestly, I feel like he's just never really played too much for the Kings. I feel like he's always wanted out. Something's always been going on with him. So that's why I feel like they had to get rid of him. But I'm really impressed with the Bucks on this. I'm really impressed that the Bucks get to pull a guy like this. I'm very excited for him to play besides Giannis, beside Giannis. Um, he's one of those, un- he's, he's a guy next year. I feel like that maybe he has a chance in the East to be an all-star in a way, but he also has a chance to be like the most improved just because I feel like, is it just me or have you not really watched him too much, but you've seen so much. I know it's weird to say well, from Bogdan, but from Bogdanovich. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like every time I watch a Kings game or the Suns play the Kings, he's a guy who just reminds you that we drafted him and traded him to Sacramento as part of the Marquise Christie. Like you consistently yeah. are reminded of that. The guy is a fucking flamethrower from deep. And that's how you want to build out that team around Giannis. You want to have him to, to take up the key to, you know, on fast breaks goes right down the middle and you just put shooters outside. And I don't know if Bogdanovich will start or if he'll be a guy who comes in off the bench, but no matter what he does, he's going to be scoring a ton of points for the Milwaukee Bucks. You also add uh, another, you know, the other guy in the, in the trade, uh, Justin James, Justin James is a decent prospect. He's not somebody who's going to wow you. He's going to end up being a 10th, you know, guy off the bench, but he's somebody who, when he played for the Kings, I appreciated his game. Yeah, well, I try to look him up. <laughs> I feel like he averaged two points a game last year, and he's just a rookie. So, yeah, I, mean, it just I remember when they drafted him. So, what do you think about the Kings? Obviously, this directly yeah. affects the Kings. Did the Kings get better or worse? I think I don't know what the it's another team that's like up in the air. What the hell are they gonna do? Because they have to. What's nice is the Suns kind of move past the Kings now. We don't have to worry yes. about them too much. But the Kings have a lot to figure out, and they have a lot of. Who's going to stay on the team? Who are they going to trade? So I don't feel like they're finished. So I think this is kind of a start. DiVincenzo is a decent player. Uh, I think in the playoffs, he kind of, he he was a guy where he kind of went missing, but I feel like he has a decent game, dude. He's probably underlooked a little bit, but besides that, man, Kings, of course, are just trying to start over new or something. I don't know what's going on with that franchise. Yeah, well, I think Ursan Ilyasova is a really interesting aspect of this trade. I remember a couple years ago when he was with the Philadelphia 76ers, and his versatility is something that makes him uh, kind of a danger on the court. You you can't you have to account for him on defense. You have to because he can shoot the ball and he can he can play tough nosed defense. And he's a guy who, when he gets in there, is a pest and pesky. And when the Suns have to play the Kings, you'll definitely know that Ilyasova is out there because he just he he gets your guys in foul trouble. He flails a little bit. You know, he's kind of annoying to watch. Uh, DiVincenzo, I'm a big fan of this kid. This kid, uh, when they won the national championship, uh, he had a stellar game. I believe he won the player of the tournament. I probably am wrong there. But I, I just think that the Kings, I see what they're doing. They're trying to get ready for that next step, as you mentioned. But I don't know if they necessarily got better with this trade. I mean, you gave up a flamethrower and you got to, you know, but they're, they're, they're trying to add a little bit of veteran depth with Ilyasova and then uh, a little bit of, of toughness with Dante DiVincenzo or uh, – I probably messed up yeah. his first name. Is it Dante? I think he had it, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is Dante. Look at Perfect, me. Man. So again, I think the, the Kings are a team that we should clearly overlap this upcoming season. Does that feel good? Yes, because we've been going we back and forth the Kings the for like seven years. <laughs> yeah, fuck the Mavericks. You know what? That, um, the Mavericks are another team that we're probably going to be better than. I really yeah, believe that. Porzingis is going to be hurt. Man. Yeah, we got Mikael Bridges, man. The the, yeah. the Luke, oh, Luke, Luke stopper. The Luca killer. Yeah. Yeah, Luca killer. Mikael Bridges. Um and and do you know what do you know what he says whenever he comes up and he's got to guard him? What up, fellas? Yes, what up, yes. fellas? I can't. I got him. I, I got Luca. I got him. All right, let's look at another trade that occurred within the conference, and that is, as I mentioned earlier, the fact that Robert Covington was traded from the Rockets to the Trailblazers. The trail the Rockets received Trevor Ariza. The first round pick from the Trailblazers this year, which is number 16, just outside the lottery, and a 2021 protected first round pick. Obviously, I think that this signifies the fact that the Rockets are kind of going into 
re, you know, this is like I said earlier, the first domino falling as they start that blow up of whatever the hell has been going on in Houston. And I think, you know, bringing Trevor reason to the Rockets that bringing Trevor reason to your team is never a good thing, right? No, no, it's kind of <laughs> like a fire fire. I don't know. They're, they're, ty- they're going to blow it up. I mean, they're, obviously Harden's wanting out. He is seriously going to be gone. Probably not, it depends which team. And uh, it, if he's not gone by the time the season starts, he will be by trade deadline. I feel like he's not very happy there. So they're trying to get rid of everybody. Covington's nice though. Remember, Covington's gonna be nice. Yeah. He's not playing. Uh, he's not playing uh, center anymore for the Rockets. I mean, but he's a nice player to add to the Portland Trailblazers. Another team I love to watch because of Damian Lillard, who faked an injury to get Devin Booker into the playoffs. So always root for them. So I'm glad they get to add um, a player that's versatile and that can do a lot on the court. I like Covington a lot. I think um, they won this trade, of course. But like we said, Houston is another one of those teams that's. It sucks, but it was coming. This team's going to blow up, and it's going to happen, I feel like, within the next two weeks, probably. Well, you look at what they did in the middle of last season when they got rid of Clint Capella, and they were going all in. They're saying, we're playing that small ball type of uh, basketball, and if it works, we're going to win an NBA championship. And you knew right then, if it didn't work, there was an opportunity for that team to be blown up. And guess what? With Westbrook kind of whining, and like Harden's like, I want to be traded. And then Westbrook's (laughs) like, no, 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 no. I want to be traded. And like... They're like, okay, let's start selling off the pieces and acquiring assets. And yeah. that's what they, because they gave up a lot of assets when they acquired Westbrook from OKC. So now they got a couple picks out of this. They got a protected pick next year. They got the number 16th pick in this year's draft. They got Trevor Ariza, old man Trevor Ariza, who once upon a time won an NBA championship with Kobe Bryant, still in the league, headed back to Houston. Cool, whatever. I think that this does help Portland, which is a team that is going to make another, is going to make a jump this year as well. I think that adding Robert Covington is going to do nothing but benefit that team. So that's a team that, as we play a lot of uh, uh, in the 2021 season, the more games we can play the, the Blazers and beat them, the better. Because yeah. that's a team we're going to be kind of jockeying for position, I feel, as, as the season progresses. Just beat everybody. I like it. Any given Seven, 72 and 0. 72 yeah. and 0. <laughs> All right, another. I think the last trade we'll discuss on the Our Thoughts segment is what the Lakers are working out uh, with the Thunder as well. And the Lakers are receiving Dennis Schroeder, your boy, and the Thunder receive Danny Green and another pick. They get the Lakers first round number twenty overall pick in this year's draft. Matthew, what are your thoughts on the Lakers getting Dennis Schroeder? How does that affect that team? And how does Danny Green really affect the Thunder? Oh, well, Dennis Schroeder is like one of those players where I seriously, I've always wanted him on a team, but you kind of realize that he needs someone like a LeBron James or even a Chris Paul to help him be the better player. He needs that veteran beside him to really help him and guide him. Not to say like he has what I hear is like kind of a different personality, someone that's really going to do what he wants on the court. But seriously, he is someone that needs that LeBron James next to him. It's going to be nice for LeBron. This is the first guy I feel like he got... He has added to his team, which is going to really improve. It's not a dumb trade that the LeBron James always does, but this guy is someone that's going to come in and help him right away. I love what he did in OKC. It's fantastic. Danny Green, who knows, man? I mean, OKC, another up-in-the-air team, so they're just trying to get that pick. And what's nice is that number 28 pick OKC got. Because you know what? My eye is on Desmond Bain in the in the draft, the mm-hmm. number 28 pick. That's where um, KOC has Desmond Bain going. Really? And this year's draft is number 28. So that might be the Suns pick maybe going if the Denali, Denari Gallinari. Whoa, I messed it up big time. Danilo Gallinari. If Gallo is the guy that's coming to Phoenix and then the Suns get that pick, that'd be nice. That made no sense, but that's what I'm eyeing. I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I love what Force Master 99 said in the chat. He said, LeBron saw Danny Green miss that clutch three in the final, so he got him traded. <laughs> That's yeah, why Danny Green It is was gone. nice of him to wait a little bit, though, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he yeah. had to wait. You know, trades yeah. didn't go through, didn't, weren't agreed upon until yesterday. So, uh, this is one that's in the final stage. It's not technically official. I think they're waiting for the new NBA season to officially flip over the calendar year. But at the same time, you know, Danny Green going to OKC Thunder. Okay, the journeyman continues. His third team, his third or fourth team, fourth team in four years. Played with the Spurs, and he played with the Raptors, and he played with the Lakers. Now he's going to end up on the Thunder. So he is a guy who's just going to be a roster filler. That's what they're looking for right now. They're trying to find guys to essentially fill that roster. You got Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Danny Green. It's going to be an interesting team. 
And I, w I will be interested to see how they uh, operate. You know, you also are going to have Steven Adams still there. So this is a team that you can't necessarily overlook. I think obviously what's going to hurt them and with Dennis Schroeder leaving is depth. And I think that Dennis Schroeder going to the Lakers hurts OKC's, de OKC's depth and really helps the, the Lakers' OK, uh, uh, depth overall. Rajon Rondo opted out of his contract. I don't know if he's going to be back. Uh, so bringing Dennis Schroeder, who's just kind of a, a good defensive guy, a good shooter, a guy who he shouldn't be the alpha on the team because when he has a chance to kind of be alpha-ish like he was with Atlanta, he runs into to problems. you know. And yeah, sorry, Burley Sullivan, SGA is also part of that OKC team. So that's going to be a really interesting team to watch, my friend. It is. If they keep it together. They keep it entertaining, man. Yeah. OKC. Yep. And, you know, again, that's that kind of that Sam Presti playing money ball shit. It might work out. The Lakers got better with this move, for sure. I know that Danny Green is somebody who is kind of a specialist who came in, but I think Dennis Schroeder is really going to help them because they need a lot of help at the guard play. They got the Fords play locked down. Uh, I think that Dennis Schroeder is a fantastic addition to this team. Mm -hmm. Me too, man. So uh, let's hit some any, – any more trades, trade information you want to talk about? I know that, obviously, we talked a little bit about Harden. We don't know what's going to mm -hmm. happen there. He's talked about going to Boston. You know, that's kind yeah. of the leading thing now. Um, what did I what did I hear earlier? There was one. It's like uh, John Ball for who? Oh God! I, I saw the the Bleacher Report update and I John forget. John Ball, or I'm, I'm, maybe it was Bradley Beal. John Wall, I meant. Oh, <laughs> I actually, I work oh, with yeah, a guy. John, I, I yeah, work with John a guy. His Wall. name is John Ball. Yeah, yeah. No, it was John Wall for. Um, oh my God, who was it? It was Russell Westbrook. Yes, Russ, yeah. Russ, Russ for John Wall blockbuster might be in the mix. So that's an interesting nobody wins situation. Nowhere, right? <laughs> I came out of nowhere. Of course, Washington gets like the one point guard that's kind of like the worst out of the bunch. He, he's good. But like if you're counting on a future, it's kind of like, yeah. yeah. It ain't him, babe. Yeah. Real quick, I wanted to bring up uh, our poll that we put out yesterday on the Suns Jam session. Uh, on our Twitter page, you can follow us at, at Suns Jam. And we asked, the trade is done. What are your thoughts? And we had the the eyes love emoji, kind of a straight-faced emoji, I got to think about it emoji, or puke emoji. And essentially, 66.4% of the people of the 782 votes uh, said that they love this trade. And other people, you know, 18% have to think on it. 11 are kind of indifferent. 4.6% of the people of our listeners and our fans said, bleh. <laughs> and I think that's kind of, you know, across the board, that's where everything's fallen as it pertains to that. You know, everybody, mm -hmm. for the most part, is happy with this trade. Uh, let's hit a couple mailbag questions before we get out of here today. What do you say, Matthew? Let's do it. All right. So the first one comes to us from at an underscore goat 445 on Twitter. And he says, Kendrick Person person Kendrick Perkins on first take said he expects the Suns to go after PJ Tucker should James Jones try to, to bring back PJ Tucker I know we referenced this a little bit earlier yeah. in the show but Matthew drive home your point on this so it'd be nice to have him back right because he is basically it's not like he's a guy that really has a peak he's just that dirty dude on the court that can shoot threes and he's he's a leader now, and he can come in and help lead this team, man. Can you just imagine him and Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and then DeAndre Ayton, and then just that those four just starting? I I I would be very happy. And it's funny because this is a guy I didn't even think about until there was an article released on Brightside that he might be some guy that's that's in the mix. And I don't and I don't I don't <clears throat> excuse me I don't dismiss it either because Houston is cleaning house. So for him to come back to Phoenix, it would be beautiful, man. It would be like kind of like the tri the cherry on the Sunday, wouldn't you think? Yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to see what we'd have to give up for him because he's a $7.9 million contract. So you take a look at what the Suns contracts we have left, and I don't know if there's any piece that's worth that much that would be something that I'd be willing to throw in necessarily to get him. You know, you do a sign and trade for Dario Saric. Would that be something that would interest you? Yeah. No, that'd be nice. I mean, I love Sarge, but I do PJ too. is an upgrade. PJ is an upgrade. He's he's yeah. basically like a few notches better than Sarge, right? Yeah. You know, I guess Andy and he's played a lot of five, and right now Sarge is kind of slotted as our five as we kind of head into draft day and free agency trying to figure out what else to do with yeah. our roster. Exactly. Uh, a, another one comes from the Tan Man, Nicholas yeah. Tan, and he says, now that we've upgraded at the point guard, you will be Miss Papa Ricky. Do we draft our point guard of the future in this draft or draft him next year? Third option, get that point guard in a trade. So this is kind of yeah. segueing us into the fact that the draft is tomorrow night. 
how, how do you think the Suns should approach the draft? Let it fall to them, right? I think they have a trade in in mind that might happen tomorrow. And I think they have a guy that they might get at the trade deadline, or I'm sorry, the time of the draft for before the 10th pick. So if that happens, you fall back. There's still some point guards there. So it's it's like you let it happen, see who's there. And if you stick at 10, then you're picking your point guard of the future at 10, I feel like, because there's going to be many options, many options meaning three or four. And you got to take one of them if you're staying at 10. But honestly, trading for him, I don't see any guys out there that you can trade for. But right now, I don't care. I am ready for next year. I don't care who's our backup point guard going into next year. As long as we got this team together and then one more additional piece, I can care less. I don't mean to be a jerk. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, it's interesting as you look at how the Suns are going to have to navigate the draft tomorrow. Because you're right. Some point guards are going to fall to us. I don't think Dev or Killian Hayes, and I don't think that Tyrus Halliburton are going to. And those are the two I really want. If we're going to go point guard, I want those guys. Now, I know Kyra yeah. Lewis is going to be there and a couple other guys that we'll have a chance to take a shot on. And this might be the year to do it. You know, I think that you take a look at how everything's going to happen. The draft is on is tomorrow, and then training camp starts in two weeks, and then the NBA season starts in a month. So from the moment whoever the player is that gets drafted to the moment that the season starts is a month, that is a whirlwind for a young human being it is. trying to come into this league. We cannot expect them to go through training camps, come out there and be an instant impact player. And it actually works out probably with this draft because there isn't a Zion. There isn't a John Morant. There's no one who's going to be asked truly to do that, I feel. I really don't think so. Now, obviously, we've talked about in the past. There's numerous guys who I feel are NBA-ready-ish. So if... If we do go with the point guard, the advantage is we're not going to necessarily need him to produce right off the bat. You have CP3, you have Javon Carter, you have Campaign, you have Elia Kobo. You have plenty of guards who are available to take up the minutes that would be allotted for him. Now, I want the Suns to go with the wing. I think that you can never have too many wings. I think with the loss of Kelly Oubre, the instability at our big position right now, that you need a wing. I think if Devin Vassell is there, you take him. I think that it's an opportunity. You know, Again, he's a guy who... He's going to be allotted NBA minutes, and that's the risk-reward with this. He's going to be allotted an opportunity to come in and play almost instantly because we're going to need depth at the wing position. And it, Well, but if there's an injury, if there's an injury, yeah, this is true. Free agency is the other side of this. If if James Jones is looking at free agency to pick up those wings, to take a shot at Danilo Gallinari, to go after Montrez Harrell, to bring in one of these, you know, Serge Ibaka, you know, these are a lot of players who kind of fit the financial opportunities that the Suns can provide, then – yeah, you go guard un- without a doubt. So it's like no, no yeah. matter which way they kind of go, I really don't think that it's ups- it, it'll be upsetting. I know that whatever way they do go is really going to showcase to us what they're ex- what we should expect from the Suns on Friday when free agency begins. So to answer your question, Tan Man, this is a good draft to, to draft our point guard of the future. I think it's an opportunity it for whoever it is to come in and learn under Chris Paul for as long as you can. Uh, and you'll have that buffer of not needing NBA minutes right off the bat. So I I am for getting a point guard, obviously. I would prefer to get a wing just because I've really fallen in love with Devin Vassell. And of course, if if uh, Obi. Obi Toppin's there, like you're taking mm-hmm. Obi Toppin every day and twice on Sunday. And don't be surprised if they do trade back. If Kyra Lewis is somebody who's high on their board and they know they can drop back to the 17th, 18th pick and get them, then they're going to do that. They're, they might yeah, garner they some extra assets. So. No, no matter what happens, enjoy the draft tomorrow because it's going to be exciting. It's yep. going to be fun to watch. There's going to be a lot of movement. There's going to be a lot of kind of ahas going on, and I, I truly believe that. I know that we are going to be doing a show on Thursday that will recap the draft. The time is TBD just because the Arizona Cardinals are playing the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday Night Football, and that's I'm missing that. So TBD on to when that podcast will be coming out, but we will be doing a draft recap. And then when we have our Sunday night show, that's when we'll really start to talk about what's occurred over free agency. So Ooh, a, lot of ex- a lot a lot. Of, are you saying a there's a lot of stuff, John? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, John. We're going to have fun, dude. We're going to be drinking some Coors Light tomorrow night watching Heck this. Yeah. Yeah. We're we'll watching you, uh, Dave King and Espo, and yeah, you know their new show on Fox Sports. Yeah, Fox Sports Arizona. If you go to their, uh, I believe it's their Facebook page, you can see the Sun Solar Panel, and they're going to have kind of a, a live show during the draft. So that's something that's we're going to have on on your laptop, and we're going to be watching it, drinking some burrs, and you know what's going to happen when I knock on the door, right? What's going to happen? What up, fellas? <laughs> i can't wait i can't wait man so to all of these sons jamsters who have been watching the show and listening on the bright side of the 
Sun Podcast Network. We truly appreciate it. The chat was firing up. It's great to see that as always. We appreciate yes. you coming and, and, and hanging you. out with us. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lissy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. Thank you everyone for hanging out with us. Uh, Matthew, my Moscow mule is almost gone. Time to go All get right. a refill. Hey, and by the way, I saw the video of Chris Paul here in Phoenix already hanging out with Devin Booker at the training facility. We saw Hell that. I saw yeah. that in the comments, so they get that out. Besides that, have a good night, and everyone go humble and love your family. Amen. Take care, everybody.